This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. On this week's episode of the podcast, I bring us a story of one of the stranger transfers in Premier League history and one of the most excellent soccer names I have ever heard. Man, nothing like a disappointing transfer. You're about to be so disappointed. Buckle up. This is Deadball Brothers. Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy, healthy dose of stupidity. Brought to you this week by Bet Online, Thera One, and NFL Sunday Ticket, and as always, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. All in one breath. Oh man, I was on it today. You really were. A little circular breathing. We didn't even have to do a double take. Breathe through the nose. This while is I the speak first the time that we're doing this. I, I'm, 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 what can I say? I'm a pro. Yes, you you really are. And when I say I, I mean myself. Everybody's most favorite freelance soccer writer, Adam Whitaker Snavely, joined as always by my real life brother. Drew Snavely, and I am disappointed with Manchester United because <laughs> okay. all of these other teams in the Premier League are making all these signings. Chelsea's going wild. Chelsea's going to be nasty. Maybe. I mean... I My hot take is that at least two of Chelsea's signings are some hot trash. And as much as it hurts my Brazilian heart to say it, I don't think Thiago Silva is going to be good in the Premier League. Okay, that's fine. But you think that Werner's going to be good? Werner will be good. And you think that Havertz? Havertz probably will be good. I think Zayek's going to be the odd man. Zayek is going to be the... Because he was playing in the Dutch League, I think it'll be the the toughest... Time adjusting. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's because he played in the Dutch league. I just think because he is a person who. I mean, like watching him play, he is his like ball selfishness is like Christian Pulisic on steroids. Gotcha. He goes for goal so much. He takes so many shots. He loses the ball a ton. And Christian Pulisic already has a pretty high turnover rate. Yeah. Like he loses the ball a lot, which you kind of accept because he. Also creates a lot of chances. Um, but I don't know if you can survive with both wings doing that, you know? Yeah, so you're saying not worth the $8 in Fantasy Premier League for Zayek. I'm saying maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Just spend the 8.5 on Pulisic when he's fit and call it a day. Amen. That's all you have to do. Who then knows, you- maybe, maybe his price will go down if he misses the first couple of, of weeks from injury. Well, we're not going to be able to afford any of those guys... Once Messi becomes a city player officially. Ooh, and, yeah, that happened. And he's going to be like $16. That's 16 pounds, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> let me, allow me to use the right currency for a second. 
<laughs> if if Messi goes. If Messi goes. I still think that this might be a ploy to get get his way with Barca's board. I was talking about it with some other guys about um, no other professional athlete ever just by themselves having so much power to be able to force out a team president. Maybe LeBron. I think LeBron is probably the only person you could possibly make but LeBron the argument about. would just move cities. Yeah, LeBron hasn't done that. Yeah. LeBron has gotten coaches out. Yeah. Um, but a but president? A president is not a thing that I think he has done. Yeah. So... I guess we'll see. That's it, it's it's pretty impressive, a pretty impressive wielding of power. Certainly, um, I don't know if Messi will end up in Manchester City. I think that there is a good chance that he could. Thirty um, goals easy if he's in the Premier League. Really? Probably. I think he shreds the Premier League if okay. he comes. We we will actually see if if he can do it on a wet night in Stoke. Ah, uh, somebody. <laughs> Maybe it was the son who reported this. Uh, said that Sergio Aguero changed his Instagram handle from Kun Aguero ten to just Kun Aguero. Oh god! So oh my gosh. it looks like there might be a new number ten coming to town. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think? I don't know if Messi would make Kun switch his number. They're Kuhn, they're tight. They're, they're super good friends. Yeah. I I I don't know. Kuhn might do it in like a hey come I'll I'll like let you have ten kind of thing, but I also don't know if Messi would be like hey give me ten that you've had on this team for forever. I think I saw that Messi was Kuniguero's son's godfather. Yeah, Kuniguero was uh, during the pandemic layoff. He was streaming a ton on Twitch. Uh huh. And like I just remember watching it and seeing that. Like, one of the things he did at one point was he just, like, called Messi up for, like, for the for the entertainment of his chat. Yeah. <laughs> and they were just, like, having a call. <laughs> I, guys, today, I don't have much planned other than calling the GOAT. Go, we're calling the GOAT, and then we're getting some dubbed up war zone, baby. Oh, uh, man, the gosh. Messi stuff is wild. And then, of course, you have, I mean, the entire sporting world in the United States basically shutting down. Yeah. Um, yeah. MLS teams refusing to take the fields. In NBA teams. In mostly, I think, in solidarity with the NBA teams. And yes. It kind of starts with the Milwaukee Bucks, which makes sense because um, the, I, the impetus for all of this most recent um, protesting and, I mean, uh, Another instances. killing of... In, yeah, instances of, of police shooting somebody. Yeah. And then random white kid shooting protesters. Yes. Was in Wisconsin. Um, so... It's tough. It's a weird... It's a weird sporting world out there right now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And... We... It's it's cool. I, I I think it's awesome and interesting to see. I think professional athletes take things further than I've ever seen. Athletes take kind of activism before. Yeah, like this is this is a step farther than I've ever seen. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. The, the Lakers and Clippers both saying that we're not playing in the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, at all. They just pieced. Yeah, we're out. So, yeah, it is it is cool that they're able to to use their platform for 
some social activism, try, try to, to make some changes. Try to force their owners into doing something. Yeah, yeah seriously. Because their owners are the billionaires. Everybody's trying to do their part. Yeah. And we're out here telling some stupid soccer stories. We are telling some stupid <laughs> soccer stories, but uh, once again, we will reiterate that Black Lives Matter, and yes. if you don't think that, then uh, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> you don't have to listen to this podcast. You can, you can listen to a different podcast. <laughs> Well, that's yeah. that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ben Shapiro still has his, right? <laughs> <laughs> Go check that out. Yeah. <laughs> I hear he has lots of stories about his wife. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So, anyways. Drew, I have a story for us today. <laughs> You have a story for us. I mean, the transfer market is going wild. You told me that we there was a transfer that went A transfer awry. certainly involved. Um, and as Manchester United fan... In recent years, there have been a lot of disappointing transfers, <laughs> players that we've brought in, sure. uh, a lot of people who didn't pan out. Yeah. I can think of some absolute bombs like Bebe. Yeah, well, Bebe is the, the Manchester United he goat is, of bad transfers. Yeah, yeah. Um, did, he even, did he ever play in the Premier League? I don't I, think he ever played. I think he maybe made one appearance. Good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I I couldn't tell you though. We not, all make bad transfers. We all ha- everybody has a team that makes a bad transfer. Everybody makes a bad move eventually. It's inevitable. It will happen. It's human nature. And Drew, I'm going to take us to one of those times. Yes, let's do it. The year is 1995. Yeah. Oh, that's a great year. Yeah, it's the year of your birth. The year of my birth. Go crazy. Yeah. West Ham United. West Ham pickup trucks. In 1995, West Ham United are a mid-to-low-table club in the newly established Premier League that had barely escaped relegation the year before. So not much has changed. I was going to say. <laughs> this is tracking. Yeah, <laughs> what I know of West Ham, yeah, it's all, it's all good. It's all it, the same. It holds true in our current climate. Yep. <laughs> they are, at the time, being led by everyone's favorite English manager and... Winner of the 2018 edition of British reality television program, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Harry Redknapp. Oh, I didn't know that he won that in Yeah, the, the, it's basically like British uh, Celebrity Survivor. Oh, That's okay. what it is, kind of thing. They, they, they're like out on an island? Yeah, they put him, it's like they put him out in a remote place in Australia. They just stay in Britain because... It's technically like an island. <laughs> it is. An island. They, they went to a different island. They went to one of their former colonies because they screwed the world over, and they uh, said, "Oh, I'm sorry to give yeah. me out. Give me back to good old Ingerland." Yikes! Harry Redknapp at the time had a little bit of a striker problem. West Ham had a fan favorite attacker at the time named Tony Cotty, but needed someone to partner with him in Redknapp's setup. Okay. Obviously, 1995, 4-4-2, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, Let's not not fuck about. That is the only formation that existed. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, today, when a team needs a signing, there's a whole lot of people that get involved. Clubs employ in-house analysts to look at numbers and determine the profile of player they're looking for in a transfer. And many teams supplement that with remote analysts and scouts all over the world who just spend all their time looking at spreadsheets and scouring leagues to find hidden gems in their price range and all this stuff. Yeah, I've actually met a couple of those people who are just like, 
randomly employed by, oh, you work for this club, but you're in this other completely different area of the world. That's kind of wild. Yeah. Um, somebody I met somebody who works for a Scottish Premier League team Very and cool. also a Serie A's team. Go nuts. The same person? No. Uh, two different people. Two different people. Yep. Cool. Then there's scouts on hand at the club that pour through video and are actually going out to see people in person when they're trying to get through this transfer process and identifying the talent that they want to sign. And finally, you have the manager himself or herself, who may or may not be involved in the process of courting a player to the club. The transfer window is what keeps all of soccer ticking. Amen, brother. With some clubs needing to sell players to survive and clubs all the way up the food chain happy to oblige before selling in terms. So understandably, many clubs today treat that transfer window with a lot of reverence. Yes. It's a yes. lot of it's a very serious business. Yeah, absolutely. Uh even when you're Chelsea and you're dealing with monopoly money. Well, yeah. And also Chelsea just signs people when they can and then they send them out on loan. I mean, they still. That's true. The their loan, loan army. army is still insane. I'm I, fairly certain that Matt Miazga is still a Chelsea player. I don't think that. His contract has run up yet? Either he. He's still at Reading. Either they finally signed him or he is still on loan, technically. It's so crazy. I think maybe they just hold on to hope that these guys will pan out eventually yeah and they but, can yeah they they do have a problem of like burying talent on loan yes like absolutely. a serious issue there but we're not talking about transfer market today no we're talking about the transfer market in 1995 95 and in 1995 teams didn't have access to all the fancy numbers and databases and the plethora of resources clubs use now they had to rely on in-person scouting and usually those scouts were limited to the players they could see in person or see whatever highlights of them existed on video. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, Sir Alex Ferguson, he definitely never saw Bebe play. No. Uh, I don't even think one of his scouts saw him play. I think they just signed him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from just hearsay, like, hey, this guy's the next Pele. Yeah. And... He He wasn't. Spoiler alert, he was not. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was that one day a VHS tape showed up at Harry Redknapp's door. Oh, yes. With the sender urging Redknapp to watch it, which is the plot of at least half of the horror movies that came out in the 2000s. Yes. (laughs) On this tape, Redknapp found player highlights, documenting a player he had never seen or heard of before. A Dutch player by the name of Marco Boogers. Marco Boogers. Dude, his name is literally Boogers. Unfortunate. It's B-O-O-G-E-R-S. Poor guy. Marco Boogers. Wait, so he was German? Dutch. Dutch. Same, not really the same thing, <laughs> but like... Yeah, I mean, maybe they don't call him Boogers in the Netherlands. I mean, I would assume they didn't because Boogers is more of an English word. In Netherlands. I guess I shouldn't say the Netherlands. It's yes, just Netherlands. in Netherlands. In Netherlands. In the down there region. The down <laughs> Got him. Got him. Oh, That's man. what it means. <laughs> now, Marco Boogers had spent his entire career toiling in the Netherlands, second division, and also low-table Eredivisie clubs. 
but he had built a reputation as a prolific goal scorer despite his presence on so many smaller teams. In the previous season, his club Sparta Rotterdam finished 14th out of 18, 18 teams. But despite this, Boogers had been the club's leading scorer that season with 11 goals. I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna say his name as much as possible. I'm just like, just Boogers. Yep, just Boogers. <laughs> just Boogers. Dude, this 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 guy was made for a dead ball brother story. Uh, yeah, he really was. <laughs> He was voted that year the third best player in the Eredivisie, which is pretty darn good, yeah. all things considered. Armed with a VHS tape full of highlights and a need for a goal-scoring forward, Harry Redknapp was convinced he'd found his man. West Ham moved quickly and signed Boogers for what seemed to be a disputed amount. I saw a bunch of figures. Anywhere from just under a million to just under two million pounds. Now... Boogers was a complete unknown to everyone in England. And again, this is 95 we're talking about. You don't know every good player in every obscure European league yet like you do now. Yes. Like, it feels like now everybody, there's just, it feels like I can't keep up now. The, like, every every week there's like a, a name, a last name that I've never heard. And people are like, oh, you've never heard of them? Well, they've been absolutely tearing it up in Switzerland, and they're going to probably sign with Club Bruges. And I'm like, well, uh, sorry. <laughs> I can't I can't keep up with all the new prospects coming through. Yeah, I was going to say, so, I mean, more and more people are, are playing the game. It's similar to, I think, singers. There, there are a lot of people in the world who are yes. good at singing, sure. which is why... Shows like The Voice, American Idol, yeah, America's Got Talent, the the X Factor, all those things can run forever yeah. because there are so many people who are just good enough. And so, I mean, soccer is a really accessible sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, more and more people are playing it. You play it all the time. Guess what? You're going to be a prospect. Well, and also the, I mean, just the how much our access to the sheer amount of information that we have today has increased from 1995 to now is crazy. In 1995, people didn't know what was happening in... People didn't... I mean, like, in 1995, English people probably didn't know who a Spanish club outside of, like, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and maybe, like, two other things. Yes. Kind of, like, like that, that's what we're dealing with here. Like, you didn't have a ton of foreign players playing in other leagues. People were playing on their own, in their own countries, and all this stuff. We, this was before kind of this huge, more international transfer boom that occurred in the early 2000s. Now the top clubs have, like, a scout in every major city. Yeah. In the and, world. <laughs> and the top clubs, it's, it's not uncommon to see top clubs have the majority of their squad be from not the country that they're playing. Yes. Like, that's that's a completely normal thing now. Yes. So, all these things to say, Marco Bugers at the time was a complete unknown, and and it was, it was, you know, just people had no clue what this guy was. And it was kind of exotic. Almost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a, ooh, they signed oh. a Dutch guy? We haven't heard of this. All right. Okay. He scored on Ajax? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> But rumors began swirling of how Redknapp had scouted Marco Boogers purely based off of video highlights, which at the time was seen as a big no-no. Okay. You should probably go see that person play 
with your own eyes. You have to have the eye test. So that, well, you have to have the eye test. You also have to make sure that the highlight video wasn't like, you know, literally that person's only 10 good moments and they're trash the rest of the time. Yes. You know? You have to you have to do that homework. You have to get that get that work. Oh in. yeah, absolutely. Both Boogers and Redknapp at the time scuttled this talk and claimed that West Ham had indeed sent scouts to watch him in the Netherlands the year before. Either way, West Ham was going to get them some Boogers. <laughs> it wouldn't be very long before they realized they weren't getting the player they thought they were getting all along. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast brought to you by a few people, one of them being TheraOne CBD. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the US, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now, through Labor Day, which is Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. This podcast is also brought to you by NFL Sunday Ticket. Sundays are coming back in the NFL, and with NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. And we are back for the second half of the podcast. Adam, like so many other teams, on multiple occasions... West Ham soon found out that their brand new signing, who was supposed to save them from relegation, really, really? or just uh, the threat thereof, yeah, brings success to the club, um, wasn't quite going to pan out after all. Drew, you could say that um, their new signing was something of a boogeyman. Ah. Uh... 
I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marco Boogers shows up in England, and pretty immediately, it seems like Harry Redknapp's gamble wasn't going to pay off. Redknapp. Redknapp. Harry <laughs> Redknapp. I was just trying to give it its proper pronunciation. Yes, yes. Harry. Kudos. Harry Potter. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. West Ham wanted a physically imposing strike partner for Tony Cotty. And Boogers, despite being six foot one inches, reportedly weighed less than 170 pounds. What? Like a string bean boy. I was going to say, dude was a twig. It was like a pocket Peter Crouch. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Boogers also didn't take a liking to the intense nature of English training and wasn't somebody that was going to leave everything out on the line on the training ground. Mm. Even further, in West Ham's friendlies prior to the season starting, Boogers didn't look very good in his limited runouts with the team. It was an issue that Harry Redknapp decided he would first of all tackle by ignoring completely and sending out Tony Cotty by himself. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Noise. That didn't stop fans and pundits from being interested in Marco Boogers, however. He was one of West Ham's main attacking signings that summer. They wanted to see the mystery foreign signing, and after losing to Leeds in their opener fairly anonymously, they wanted to see Cotty with a partner. Give us boogers. They wanted the boogers. We want boogers. You might say they're horny for the boogers. They, they're ready. They were prepared for mm-hmm. the boogers. They, they needed the boogers in their life. Yes. Now, boogers did appear against Leeds late in the game, but failed to make an impact. The same certainly cannot be said about boogers' next appearance. Oh, okay. Against Manchester United. Okay. For this game... Redknapp decided to start Tony Cotty in a lone striker setup again, but down two to one in the second half, Redknapp wanted points. One, got to try. Need, yeah, you got to try. Got to yeah. make the effort. And he looked at the bench, and he called for Marco Boogers. Heck yeah! <laughs> now, this is another place. The stories I found about Marco Boogers all kind of had like some jumbled facts. So a lot of the time, I was taking the the greatest. Like, the majority of, like, for timeline thing. Because I found a bunch of conflicting reports, basically, about his time at West Ham and how this game went. But, from what I can tell, some people say that Harry Redknapp told Boogers that the player should go make a nuisance of himself. Boogers, who didn't have a very strong grasp of English, and had no one at the club who could speak Dutch, certainly went out and did that. Oh, no. About 15 minutes after he had come on, Manchester United had control of the ball in their defensive half, playing the ball to Gary Neville on the right. Ah, Gary. Neville calmly looked upfield, dinked the ball up the line, and promptly got his leg nearly taken off by Marco Boogers. Uh, no. <laughs> who slid under Neville so hard that he went completely under him. Like, slid, like, like... Neville got launched into the air and he by this thing, and he went completely under. And then Neville fell yes. and didn't touch. Didn't Boogers touch him at all. At all. Wow. Not at all. That's impressive. It was it was some some a study in momentum. Yeah. some might say. Now Booger's studs got planted firmly in Neville's shin. Ah, it was to use the English terminology a horror tackle. 
Probably just yellow, though, back in the day. It was not. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> you would think, but no. It was one that was incredibly late. The ball had been gone for so long. Gotcha. Like, he was passing the ball when Boogers was just starting to go to ground. Like, yeah. it was that late. Um, and incredibly violent. Boogers blamed the wet grass. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, oh, the grass is wet. The grass in in England, it is it is, it is <laughs> <I> wet. <slipped. laughs> it is wet. <laughs> he was immediately confronted by Manchester United legends David Beckham and Steve Bruce's massive nose, and the teams began to scuffle. Oh, I just thought gosh. it was funny that Steve Bruce was playing for Manchester United at the yeah, time. I didn't realize that Steve Bruce was a Man U player. Pretty wild for a long time, actually. Yeah, for almost a decade. Almost a decade. Steve Bruce just has a nose that says, like, I've been punched several times, and I'm not afraid. Yeah, I wouldn't really be too scared of David Beckham, like, coming up to no, me. No, no, and David Beckham was a kid at the time. Yeah, be like, okay, what are you going to do, guy? I'd be scared of Steve Bruce, though. <laughs> yeah, probably. And, and Roy Keane later also got involved. Well, yeah. And then I'd be very scared. Yeah, because Roy Keane is a psychopath. Yes, uh, yes. no regard for human life whatsoever. Yes. Um, so... He started to get confronted. The teams began to scuffle. And when the referee finally managed to calm things down, he did the only thing he could do, which was give Boogers a well-earned red card. Yes. The FA doubled down, suspending oh. Boogers for four games. Wow. Which is quite a... I mean... I mean, that was decent. before... Because nowadays, if you get a red card for violent misconduct mm-hmm. or something like that, it's an automatic three-game suspension. Yeah. And you only get a one-game suspension from red card if it's a soft red or if it's something like a handball sure. in the box. Yeah. Um, and the other argument was that Gary Neville didn't actually come out. Like, he finished the game. Mm. So that was, that was his two arguments against the suspension. One was that the grass was wet. The second was he wasn't even hurt that bad. <laughs> I didn't even kill him. <laughs> What? I don't get why you guys are overreacting to this. <laughs> oh, man. Now, this was obviously not the result Redknapp nor the West Ham faithful wanted at the time. They still ended up losing the game. But there were a couple of silver linings. Number one, people really hated Gary Neville at this time. <laughs> like, yes. people were very, very not Gary Neville fans, if you were not a Manchester United fan. Yes. And the West Ham fans in the crowd were delighted to see him get two-footed into oblivion. <laughs> they actually sang Booger's name as he walked <laughs> off the pitch. He becomes a cult legend. Dude, a little bit. Playing for for 70, no, not 70, 15 minutes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Red card. Cult hero. <laughs> Club legend. <laughs> Club legend. And the second silver lining, the suspension meant he had a bit of extra time to go back to the Netherlands. Ah, oh, very nice. Boogers and his family were incredibly homesick at the time. They found it difficult to adjust to life in London and had come with very little English whatsoever. Yeah, they showed up in London mm-hmm. and they see a plate of haggis and they're like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? Haggis is Scottish, isn't it? <laughs> uh, maybe it is. I'm pretty sure it is. Meat pie. Yeah. I don't know. There, I, mean, I mean, there are plenty of other English foods that we can <laughs> ascribe this, this dilemma to. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they didn't have very much English. Um, they didn't have any family in England. And to make matters worse, 
The English tabloids had seized on both the rumor that Boogers had been signed because Redknapp watched a video of him and had never seen him in person, and also made Boogers' tackle on Neville a massive part of their news cycle. So when Boogers got suspended, he and his family decided that they'd go back to the Netherlands for a couple weeks and try to recharge. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. The tabloids, however, were still hungry for Boogers. So I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna continue on this <laughs> I guess line. Yes, you will. <laughs> I ain't gonna stop. You really won't. <laughs> One reporter from the very, very illustrious, incredible news source, The Sun. The Sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you yes. know. <laughs> Tried to get an interview with Boogers by contacting West Ham. When informed that he had left and spent some time back in his home country, the reporter pushed to see when he'd be back. The West Ham employee told him he hadn't booked any flights and said, quote, if he's gone back to Holland, he's probably gone by car again. This is very important phrasing because it's not what the reporter heard. What the reporter heard, what he thought the man on the other end of the phone had said was he's gone back to his caravan. Huh. In England, a caravan is a trailer. Yes. Do you remember ever seeing the movie Snatch? Yeah, like gypsies. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they all, is it, well, is that derogatory to say? I they they think, call them they call them gypsies in the thing. Yes. it is a derogatory term now. Uh, yes. Yeah, I feel kind of bad now. It's uh, Romani Romani people. Yes. Yes. Uh, sure. Um, they also call them pikers in the film. Okay. I don't know if that's a derogatory term either because I don't know because that film was released in. Or the early 2000s in England, and I don't know. If I had to guess standard, if it was derogatory was, or not, sure. it kind of sounds Absolutely. a little. So, The Sun promptly ran a back page story on Boogers titled, Barmy Boogers Living in a Caravan. The idea was that if a Premier League player had gone and nearly killed Gary Neville and then went back to live in a trailer, despite what he was making as a Premier League player... He must be insane. Okay. It led to a rather widespread view that Marco Boogers was actually crazy. Gotcha. That's what he came back to in England. Very nice. Very, very cool. Yeah. Very neat. That's always what everybody wants. Yes. With his big summer attacking signing gone for a month, Rednat managed to squeak one last deal over the line before the transfer window closed. Because oh. that was only the first two games of the season. So savvy. Ian Dowie who did not light the world on fire either, but at least looked like he could feasibly play in the Premier League, which Boogers hadn't really looked like all this time. Gotcha. When Boogers did eventually come back to West Ham, he made two more appearances for the club before injuring his knee and requiring surgery. So just really just the worst luck yeah. you could possibly yeah, have. Yeah, you hate to see it. But again, on the plus side... That sent him back to the Netherlands. I was going to say, months. gets to go back home. I get to go home. Hey. Three whole months? <laughs> Not bad. Are we sure that he injured his knee in the game? Like, it wasn't... I don't know if it was during a game or during a training. Or, like, was it at home? He's like... I'm uh, fairly certain it was during soccer activity. Like, the team was getting water break. He was, like, (laughs) juggling the ball a little bit. He looked around. He he was trying to get into a Joga Benito video. 
He pulled a hammer out of his shorts <laughs> and smashed his knee. Tanya hardening himself. Be like, oh, man, I guess I have to go back to the Netherlands. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's so unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty sure that's not what happened. Okay. But if it was what happened, then he's a legend. Mm. That's all mm-hmm. I have to say about that. Red Knapp finally decided he'd had enough. Yeah. And loaned Boogers to Dutch club FC Groningen for the rest of the season. Uh, FC Groningen. I I don't know how you. I, that, it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't it's feel like the way like it's that. pronounced, but yeah. it's the way I'm saying it. Eventually, in 1998, when Redknapp released an autobiography, he finally admitted that he had only watched Boogers play on tape before signing him to West Ham. VHS baby. He said, and I quote, "I signed him off a of video. He was a good player, but a nutter. They didn't show that on the video." Okay. <laughs> a nutter? He was a nutter. He was a nutter. He was a nutcase. <laughs> oh, he was a good... I, I put him I in the game. Him, I signed him off a video. We're, we're trying to... We're, tr- we're chasing the game against Manchester United. And United. he just about takes off Gary Neville's leg. That's not what I ask of him. No. Your accent's getting real weird. It's getting worse and it's worse. Getting worse and worse. <laughs> As it goes along... <laughs> Boogers was eventually sold and would play out the remaining seven years of his career back in the Netherlands. All in all, he got a very raw deal in England. Not speaking the language, being homesick, targeted by tabloids, and then having the entire country think that he was crazy. Raw (laughs) Boogers. A pretty, pretty tough deal. Yeah. All told. Yes. It didn't help that his one lasting contribution on the pitch was a horror challenge either. But he did manage to get on and become a technical director for his home club, FC Dordrecht, for over a decade. Oh, cool. In 2007, London's The Times ran a poll asking who the 50 worst players to ever play in the Premier League were. Boogers was ranked 19th. Okay. His legacy... His legacy... Legacy? Legacy. His legolus. Legolus. <laughs> his legacy hasn't gotten much better for him over the years, as 442's very similar list of the 50 worst Premier League players ever bumped him up to 16th. Ah. He's getting worse and worse as it goes on. Do you know who is number one on those lists? Number one was Ali Ja. I was going to ask if Ali Ja was number one. <laughs> you know who number four was on the 442 50 worst Premier League players of all time? Was it Bebe? Josie Altador. Oh, really? Ooh, they, they ripped into him. That's a, that's a pretty hot take. He only scored two goals in 70 games. I, I know, but I, when, I say, when you say worst players to play in the Premier League, yeah. you think of... Like, the player as a whole, not necessarily what they did in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I think that it was more of a... That one was more of a... He was one of the most disappointing and not necessarily the worst. Yeah. Because he did play in 70 games, which means that several managers thought that he was good. Yeah. <laughs> like, he played for multiple teams. He played in all those games. That yeah. one year at Sunderland, he played for, like, three different people. Yeah. So... It was, it was so... More, man... But Back when Sunderland was in the Premier League. Wow, well, Sunderland wow. till I die. Sunderland till I die. As they say. Brutal. And that, my friend, is the Ballad of Marco Boogers. Ballad of Boogers. The Ballad of Boogers. Wow. Some sources here. Uh, a lot of transfer marks for stats and signing dates. Yes. Also, Kieran Kelly for Backpage Football, Sid Lambert for Planet Football, Alex Reed for 442, and The Times. Very nice. 
it is very nice, you know? Very nice. For everybody wow. except for Marco Boogers. Man, what a, a, a very timely story. I mean, transfer market's going crazy. We were just talking about Chelsea transfers, maybe a couple of them not painting out. Yeah. I think Thiago Silva will be you, okay. You believe Thiago Silva? I mean, okay. I... The experienced center back, you know. I mean, yeah, no, I, no doubt. And I, the team is pretty young. And they got Cesar, Cesar, Athbilicueta. Cesar Athbilicueta. <laughs> well, the que- I mean, the question is now because how much Cesar Cesar plays right back, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, and they it's like. Well. Ch- yes, and Chilwell plays. I just Chilwell's yeah. left back. Chilwell's left back. Yeah, so that's what they're saying. Like it's gonna be Cesar and Reese James. Uh, yeah, battling it out for the right, for the right side, and then it's Alonso and Chilwell. Alonso and Everton. Is he still? Oh, is that a em- thing? Emerson. Oh, oh, Emerson is. They said when they is signed, he, is he is he gone? He's gonna be gone, which is too right. bad because. I think that he's, I think that he's pretty good. Yeah, but man, all this Premier League player talk has got, got me hungry for another season of. I was FPL, gonna say, which we gotta should, start back up. Should we like another I, edition of WTFPL is coming for all of you guys, and we're gonna address something that happened. Um, we forgot to look at the final standings. We did. Uh, we are ashamed to say for so last too. season because of just everything that's happening, and we did say that we were going to give a $25 gift card to Away Days Football to the winner of it, which we will do for this edition of WTFPL. And I think that what we're going to end up doing for to make up for last year is just to do kind of a Twitter giveaway. Yeah, because nobody has come to us and said, hey, I, hey won. I won your league, give me your gift card. So if nobody comes and says, hey, I won your league, give me your gift card, in which case we'd say, yes, sir. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> But nobody's done that, so we're going to do a giveaway. We'll probably do a little, like, hey, follow the account. Yeah. Subscribe to the yeah, podcast. absolutely. And get entered in this thingy. And yeah. you, too, could enjoy a free mystery kit from Away Days Football. But we're going to do that. We're going to set up the new WTFPL League and broadcast that link and that code and everything to all of you guys. If you want to play with us yet again, we'll have to think of some clever puns for our names. We had really good ones last year. Yeah. We, we did. We, Tillman's not hot. I'm still pretty proud of. Tillman's not hot and Virginia Jorginho were, were both some top-tier top tier meme names. Yes. We uh, we had some others. Like, we had off some the top really of my, good ones. Dunkin' Donuts off the top of my head. That was a good one. Um, oh, there, was, there was another one that we, we well, talked we, about. We had some we had some. Yeah, we, we gave a few shout-outs. We did to some, to some really good names. That was a year ago. But we'll see. We'll see if those names stay the same or they, they change. Oh, they have to change. So. Have to be creative. If you want to participate in that, keep a lookout on our social medias. And speaking of our social medias, if you want to continue supporting and following us, you can follow us on social media at DeadballPod everywhere on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you have a question, comment, or something you want to email us, you can either DM us on Twitter or you can email us at deadballpod at gmail.com. And as always, the biggest possible thing you can do to support our podcast is to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and if you haven't done that, it's 
pretty simple, fairly easy. It takes a couple of minutes and it helps us out a ton. So if you would be so kind as to do that, we would be very, very appreciative. And I think that is all we have for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're still listening to this podcast in the 45th minute, thank you. Go nuts. Because we're not really even saying much at this point. Yeah, we're just giving our our advertisements and and all that stuff. But you're still here. You're a champion. We are we are doing this for you guys. I mean, we're doing it for us, but we're also doing it for you guys. <laughs> we're do- Let's be gone. We we're enjoy do- doing we're it. We're doing it for us first, <laughs> but we're also doing it for you. <laughs> and with that, my name is Adam Wilkerson Snavely. And I'm Drew. And we're going to selfishly leave now. So, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return to sports. And remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.